Hi everyone, welcome to Behind the Screen, the Harms of Cyberbullying webinar. I'm your host, Devin Moore. I am a Humanity Rising Ambassador, founder of Race to Speak Up, an anti-bullying organization, and I designed the hashtag Behind the Screen anti-cyberbullying curriculum. And <clears throat> I am Dr. Sandeep Randhava. I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist based out of Chicago that uh, helps and works with youth, children of all ages, uh, work through the experiences that they may have gone through that were related to anything traumatic in the context of bullying in all of its forms. And with the behind the screen webinar, we talk about the definition of cyberbullying, how to be upstanders, mental health, and we offer advice about dealing with your own cyberbullying experiences. The topic for this episode is how to combat bullying through the Bullying Buddy app. Joining us today to talk about this is Tara Lynn Towns and Encore L. Hunt. He also goes by Corey. <laughs> Tara is an impassioned speaker, author, motivator, inventor, and developmental therapist. She is a philanthropist and mentor of the Women's Welfare to Work program and founder of Tiny Be Mighty. Tara is the CEO of TBB Enterprises and inventor of the Bullying Buddy app. When her son Corey was diagnosed with a condition known as dwarfism, there was little doubt in Tara's mind that her son was born with a mighty purpose. Corey serves as the brand ambassador for Tiny Be Mighty. Thank you for joining us today, Tara and Corey. How are you both doing today? Thank you. I'm great. Thank you for having us. I'm doing great. Awesome. Um, would you, we would love for you both to tell us more about the work that you do. Okay. Do you want to begin, Corey? Yes, I shall begin. <laughs> so the work that I do is I help in meetings sometimes. And like, I'll explain my story of what I went through and like basically how it started kind of. And I just, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help my mom. Yeah. You do a lot more than that. <laughs> um, also, Corey also speaks. Oh, He's yeah. been speaking since he was seven. And he um, hosts big events, um, fashion shows that we do for our nonprofit. We have a nonprofit called Tiny But Mighty. And so, excuse me, Tiny Be Mighty. And he actually is the host. And um, he just does a lot. And he uh, supports children in his age group, his peers. So he speaks at schools before the pandemic, we were speaking all over the country in schools, but uh, the pandemic kind of slowed that down, but we're back in business. <laughs> awesome. And Tara, would you like to add on more about what you do as well? Yes. So like you said, I'm the CEO of The Bullying Buddy. Um, I'm the intellectual properties behind The Bullying Buddy. And I also wrote a curriculum called Be Brave to support it. But I like to say that I am a mom first on a wheel of a mission. Um, I'm a, um, a clinician, I'm a developmental therapist, and I love that. Um, but this work is the passion part of my being and why I came here and I'm honored that my son's condition exposed me to my, my life purpose here. So um, I assist families who have lost children between the ages of seven and 17. We, our um, nonprofit organization helps them with anything that they need help with some of them, funeral expenses, some you know, just need relocation uh, because sometimes most of the time the suicide takes place in their home. That's the backdrop. Um, I'm always presenting, I have training courses and workshops and all types of things to not only expose people to the app, but 
I'm a firm believer with behavior. You can stop it for a moment in its tracks, but what are you doing long-term to redirect it and reshape it? So my, you know, my passion is just training children and teaching children, you know, how to speak up, speak out, but most importantly, how to identify who they are, be comfortable with it, and then identify who the bully is so that they're not a target of it. So that's a little bit more of what I do amongst everything else that you said. Well, th oh, well, thank you both for sharing. I mean, Tara, I know we've spoken before about how much of a problem that bullying is in this world. Yes. And Corey, I know that you've gone um, through bullying experiences of your own. Would you like to share what you went through? Sure. I, um, I'll share this story of basically how it started. So um, I was, how old was I? I was like, I was seven and I was going to my friend's birthday party. I, I came in pretty late. So I just had cake and we were already leaving. But this kid, he, um, he was behind me and he started naming, he name called me. He said like, I, what is that? It's this like disgusting creep. creep. He made me feel unhuman. And that whole car ride, whole car ride, I was quiet. I was quiet for a couple of days actually, because I just, I just lost it. Like, like I lost. I thought I wasn't human for a second, and my mom felt what I was feeling and did something about it. Yes. Oh, okay. I mean, Corey, I'm sorry to hear that. Like, that's just kids can say such horrible things, and so I'm really sorry to hear about what you went through with your bullying experiences. And I mean, I can definitely understand that pain that cause, that is caused by bullying. I mean, with my bullying experiences, with those boys who decided to bully me based on my race, just going through that trauma, excuse me, just going through that trauma and understanding that bullying happens all over this world is the reason why I started the Race to Speak Up anti-bullying organization. Bullying is the reason why I designed the hashtag behind the screen anti-cyberbullying curriculum. I know that there has been an increase in cyberbullying because of the mm -hmm. internet usage, or like the increase in internet usage due to the pandemic. But the hashtag behind the screen anti-cyberbullying curriculum is really just a guide that gives students the tools and conversation starters and activities, the resources that allows for them to understand cyberbullying, the results of it, and how to be upstanders. And Dr. Sundee, would you like to tell us um, just a bit more about your work with anti-bullying through being a child and adolescent psychiatrist? I definitely want to jump into that, but just quickly, Corey, you know, that's honestly a struggle to experience at such a young age, but just wanted to get some insight. What gave you the courage to finally let mom know or to tell someone on how you were feeling and what you went through? Well, it was that I, I realized in myself, like, I'm not gonna let some random kid I don't even know that well let me feel like this. So I realized, well, I am human and you can't stop me because of what you said. So I told my mom how I felt. Okay, well, yeah, props. I mean, I, I mean, I have to get your information after this because to <laughs> Devin's point, uh, so my, my line of work is, you know, kids that are experiencing exactly what you just mentioned, but not being able to find that support or the reassurance or the tools internally or within their support system on navigating what to do. Uh, so if, if, if it makes you feel that way, like you described where you were different for a couple of days, and if that continues, 
uh, you know, it can lead to feeling depressed, anxious, a mix of both, uh, and then convince or sometimes convincing yourself that what the bully is saying is true, like you were saying, like inhuman or whatever it might be. Uh, and then leading to, you know, suicidal thoughts, plans, attempts, or trying to harm yourself. So that's where I come into play in the inpatient setting when it gets to that severity level, see them in the hospital and then really work on uh, creating plans, whether it's therapy, whether it's medicine, whether it's both and incorporating their support. So they know they have someone to talk to and build on their strengths uh, and those qualities and then how to tackle bullying. And like Tara was saying earlier, not just one time, but being proactive and making sure it's a long lasting impression. Uh, and again, building off of their strengths and then continue to follow them in the outpatient setting as well. So that's more or less where I come into play when it comes to bullying. And like Devin mentioning, it's gotten so ridiculous over these last two, three years. And it, you know, there's a variety of different stats and on how much of an impact is it making, which is good to know. But at the end of the day, if it's affecting you, you know, those stats don't mean anything because we want to be able to help and facilitate and uh, you know, encourage uh, anyone that, dealing with it uh, to you know, come into their own and find their strengths. Yeah, so Corey, I mean, I know that um, your mom, of course, she helped you with your bullying situations, but were there any students who stood up for you? Who stood up for me? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say stood up for me, but I'd say comfort me. Like I had like four little friends. I'd, I've gotten bullied in middle school, but mm -hmm. at my age more, I don't accept bullying, so... I don't, I don't get bullied that much, but when I was younger, when it really happened, I had like four little friends, so they'd come for me after the fact, but they wouldn't do it while getting bullied, you know? Okay, I see what you're saying. And so, um, Tara, like, I mean, I know you have the Bullying Buddy app. Do you think that if we had um, the Bullying Buddy app during the time that your son was getting bullied, that this this wouldn't really have been a problem or do you still think that people would have still decided to continue and say such hurtful and mean things okay Devin can you repeat the question because something was in and it, it distracted me <laughs> I know you're, so I, you're all good so okay. um I was just asking you know we I know you have the bullying buddy app um if you if we had this during the time of you know when Corey was really getting bullied do you think that um do you think that it would be less of a problem or do you still think that those bullies would have decided to target um, uh, Corey? No, I, I believe that the app is, it, it's a, a tool, right? I mean, we, we need many tools to, to combat this monster. But when you have a tool in your pocket that kind of goes with the flow of what society's doing with the kids, we love technology, they love technology, you guys use technology. And so having that to stand up for you, so to speak, like Dr. Sundeep said, did you have anyone, you asked the question, did you have anyone or what makes you feel like you were able to tell your mom? Well, I was basically the human part of what this app does. I was always being open to hearing his day, which I get into with parents. I do training with, with parents as well. Um, parents who are raising the bullies. I have a book coming out very soon. Are you raising a bully? And it's really interesting because it breaks down the, the three components, in my opinion, through my research is, you know, the, the person who bullies, the watcher, who's a very interesting character, and the receiver of the bullying, because we don't want to call anyone a victim, we want to empower people. But I feel that it, 
the, what the app does in general is that it distracts the bully number one. And, and it really, it's like a deterrent more than anything. But the wonderful thing is that it records in real time. And so there's no lying anymore on who did this, or he hit me first, or I did this. And this, it's not, you can't do that with this. It tells the truth. And that's something that through my research, you know, for years prior to this app, the birth of this app is that when I talk to adolescents, when I talk to teachers and principals, what I hear is that I don't see it, I don't know, then the story changes and we don't know who to believe. And then the, the kiddos feel like, hey, I'm not lying. So what's the point of speaking up because they don't believe me anyway. The whole thing, in my opinion, the breakdown is that the children don't feel comfortable enough in the support realm and so they're keeping it quiet and I call it stuffing. They're just stuffing, stuffing until they can't take it anymore. And they either take their lives or become bullies themselves because of the, you know, um, suppressing their emotions. But I feel that if Corey had the app, I know <laughs> I would see it. So it wouldn't have had to go on that long. This is, this is the thing of catching it in, in the essence of when it first begins because we get it kind of later on or not at all, right? And so that's what makes them feel like no one, they're an island, they're all isolated in this and it's the end of the world and it's never gonna go away. And that's why they don't have to be here anymore. When in fact, it's just a phase and they won't even see that person again in life and they'll have their own life, but they don't see that yet. Everything is in the mo moment for an adolescent. So this, this definitely is something that um, will, will definitely help kiddos in the moment feel like, hey, I do have support. I do have, we call it, you know, the friend in the pocket. That's why I named it the bullying buddy. It's your buddy. You can, you can record and you can record, but you also get alerts. And the second half to that is that once again, I would have known in real time what was going on. It wouldn't have had to get to the point where I'm going to a birthday party and my son is called a creeping and he's downplaying the story was so dramatic, I mean, and traumatized. And that's why he barely spoke for four days. And when he was little, he's grown now. <laughs> so he's quiet, but he was very chatty and outgoing and everything when he was a kid. So the bottom line is, yes, in answer to your question, I feel that it would have stopped that situation. But do I feel that the bullying buddy is going to stop every scenario? No, that's why we have the curriculum to support it so that once again, we redirect those patterns. It's just replacing a negative pattern with a positive one. That's really what needs to be done. And that's what these two things do, the curriculum and the app. I can definitely understand the, not only the need for this app, but the need for a curriculum to be put in place in order to really give people that guide, like what you're saying, like really give people that guide to, to do something effective. You know, when you're at school, you really don't want to be going through bullying. When you, I always say this, when you're at school, you should be learning about whatever topic that is going on. You should not, and you should be, you know, making experience, making positive experiences, making friends, learning from these teachers. You should not be having to worry about um, you know, like getting your face shoved into the toilet or someone calling you inappropriate things um, based off of a condition in that, the condition that you have or your height or anything, mm. you know, that should not be a part of a youth who is still growing, still developing things that should not be a part of the day at all, out of the question. But by having these things like the curriculum that you're, I know are about to really tell us more about, but like having the hashtag behind the screen 
anti-cyberbullying curriculum to really give students that guide, to really let them know like different ways to start the conversation of cyberbullying prevention or to really learn how to be upstanders, you know, like support each other. Like Corey said, you know, he had so he had a few people who did support him, you know, within his um, classmates, you know, he needs that. We need that. We need people who are towards our age that don't really listen to us and really get it. So I'm like, you know, with this curriculum, we need things like that in place. Now, Corey, um, before I ask your mom more about the um, her curriculum, do you think that if we, if more people understood bullying, do you think that that would lead to a better world? If more people understood it, like, what do you mean understood it? Oh, so what I mean is like, if more people understood, like, not only the definition of bullying, but its effects and like how it really hurts people, do you think that? Yeah, you think it would lead to a better world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Dr. Sandeep, do you agree? Uh, definitely. <laughs> More than understanding, making, I think to Tara's point, knowing what to do, knowing how to navigate it, because unfortunately people are going to be people, uh, kids are going to be kids type of thing, and someone somewhere is going to learn to tease or up the ante and bully. So yeah, if, if more people are aware and how to uh, stop it or how to make it so it doesn't continue to grow then definitely would be a positive impact because like Corey was saying it, it can change the way you feel for a couple of days and now you know years later you're still thinking about whatever incident might have occurred uh, so I think it would only be a positive if we were more aware and knew what to do and had a healthy route in taking those steps so definitely and Tara, so now I kind of want you to dive more into your curriculum, because now I really want to hear more about it. I know I've spoken to you before, but still, yeah. let us know more about what you're, go- what you're doing with that. Okay. So the Be Brave curriculum is um, an SEL curriculum, so it supports social and emotional learning, um, uh, emotional intelligence, which is very, very important for children to be self-aware and have an understanding. I always say you, you asked if, if understanding would create a new um, way that people would adapt to bullying or not, it would because when you when you know something that's something that's okay, but when you understand something, that's a deeper sense of knowing something. So we all know it exists, but do we understand the breakdown of why a seven year old would hang themselves? I'm a little edgy, seven, so you know, <laughs> Dr. Sandeep, <laughs> but. Um, it's, it's just, um, it's, it's so incredible. So anyway, the core values are, we call it being high in your spirit, which is humble, integral, grateful, and honest. And so we base the, well, the whole curriculum is written around those core values. So to be humble, number one, opens you up to understand, right? To be integral opens you up to have respect for other people. So different, you know, to be grateful, you're just grateful for the trees outside or that you have friends or grateful for your parents. It, it, it really, the bottom line to this curriculum and what I truly feel uh, through my personal research is that there's a lack of empathy instilled in our children in the pre-operational stage of development. So that really is, in my opinion, that's the background. I owned a preschool for many, many years. So I got to study humans from four weeks all the way up to teenagers for many, many years before you know delving into my master's and doing everything else that, that I'm doing now developmentally. And I really found that children who seriously, when they're one or two, and we just kind of laugh it off when they're 
plunging on the cat or pulling on things or kicking things or sticking things. Now, some of that is exploration and that's normal, but not when it's aggressive and continuous throughout that. It's not cute. It's not funny. I see YouTube videos with, you know, children abusing animals. That That is not a joke. And it, and it really is a um, predetermination of what you're raising. And this is why we must even enlighten parents. So through this curriculum, we get into the core of your kid. And then, then it's fun. There's music, it's culturally diverse. So it's not necessarily teaching. If, if we say, hey, this is an anti-bullying curriculum, guess what's going to happen? The bully is going to run and not even want to learn. So it's very clever on the approach of it. It's just about being brave, brave in whomever you are, wherever you come from. But we kind of slide, you know, unconsciously we slide in bullying factors because if you if you raise the awareness about yourself and and if you're integral and you're humble you will begin to be what empathetic and so now when you have empathy guess what you won't do to people you won't intentionally harm them you won't intentionally violate them and we we do know i say this too because we have the adult app devon and you know that's another show but it's there's corporate bullying there's adult bullying there's you know, um, elder abuse. There's all different types of abuse, but in my opinion, it's just a bully who 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 just grew up. He was never fixed. He was never aided in his prime time of when he was violating, when he could have definitely been shaped into something else. So in this curriculum, we address all of those things, and then honest, honestly, and then on top of that, we definitely incorporate them with the core studies. So there's like the giver games, there's fun challenges where you you have five minutes to change as many lives that you can with $5. And, and there's so many different, you know, community experiences. There's a guard, garden for the kindergartens up until like seven or eight where they learn about responsibility and watering and they learn about death when, when the plant dies and you don't give it attention or water it. And then I correlated it with where we are psychologically on each developmental stage, but it's all in fun. It's a curriculum. I love art. I love music and different things. So it's not stuffy at all. And it applies all the way. Be Brave is for pre-K all the way up to high school. So I'm very, very excited to get this out to the world. Honestly, I know that like feeling of getting excited about, you know, putting <laughs> something that positive out into the world. And you know, we really do need that empathy aspect. Because like you're saying, when you have more empathy, there's like either like no or less room for bullying or hate, you know? We really need that. I always say, you know, we need that positivity. We need, we just, we need to turn a negative, what, what I always say also is that we need to turn a negative into a positive, you know? Or we can turn a negative into a positive. We can help others. We can do something about this. We can create change. And so, uh, well, Dr. Sun, do you, do you have any thoughts about that? Um, you know, Herbie Rave and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, no, I think going off of the empathy thing is huge, uh, you know, cause at the core it comes down to, do you know what is right and wrong and who's reinforcing that right and wrong, right? And around two, three, four, we start to uh, imprint all of that and then model behavior from our parents. And if they're, like Tara was saying, they're promoting it or laughing it off. It's only going to let whoever, you know, the kid think that what they're doing is right. And then not realize, no, there could be wrong. It could be hurting someone. You know, so empathy takes time to build and grow, but it's going to be dependent on those people around you to tell you what empathy is and to really instill it and to uh, expand on that right or wrong 
uh, option. So I think that it's it's a fundamental piece of it. And, and the fact that it's an app, to your point, the fact and tech is huge, uh, is going to be the right way to approach it because uh, it's it's it, it's I think going to be equivalent to what is okay, what's the norm, and as, if you're able to fit bullying a bullying app uh, into uh, a phone, and then someone's able to you know, utilize it in the moment. And you mentioned recording. So I want to hear more about that part, but that's I think the key thing. Cause anytime I see this occur either on the unit or a situation arises where if I have to talk to a principal because there's bullying at school, they're learning what, then it's always a, he said, she said, and typically the bully will play the charm game and walk away from it un, un, unhurt or anything like that. And in the school setting, and I was going to ask you, Corey, also the people that see, it or the kids that see it won't say anything or intervene proactively maybe after the fact but it's not cool it's not whatever you know fill in the blank to jump in ahead of time you almost want to play it out and in the world of tech these days it's like everyone will take their phone to record something horrendous happening just so they can record it and show hey did you catch this etc but no one's trying to save the day so to speak so Corey I did want to ask you on, on that piece why did like those friends that were with you that came to support it sounds like after the fact what do you think made it so they didn't jump in sooner like was there like did they, anything that you could think of or is anything that commonly happens there i feel like they were scared and they didn't want to get bullied so okay they helped me after the fact uh, and do you think that's common for like mothers that sometimes get bullied in groups or have friends around oh mothers mothers sorry others 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 like if like other kids are getting bullied yeah do you feel like that that's sometimes the case with them too like they if they say something then they'll get bullied and it is the case that's that's how it is most of the time especially because when i um i do online school right now but when i went to in person people would record instead of helping because they didn't they wanted to fit in basically and Mm -hmm. if you want to fit in you're you're trying to be like other people so you seem cool and you're not the one getting bullied. Got it. Yeah. So exactly to your point that I'll, I'll commonly hear that story or uh, as a way to not get in trouble, Snapchat will let you record it and then it's gone. And only the people that saw it will be able to say something about it. So it's more of a negative in that sense too, because it's fleeting evidence, but all the more reason you know, if you have an app that records it, that's awesome. And I'd like to, you know, for those that are watching, hear any feedback on if any other things prevent your friends from speaking up or yourself, if you've been in a situation, what, what did you feel like was that hindrance or cause you to lock up and not say anything in the moment? Uh, you know, but yeah, collectively, I, yeah, I think I just want to hear more about this app. It just sounds really awesome because it's a long and, you know, wanting to spread it here in Chicago for sure. Oh, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Sarah, why don't you, um, if you're comfortable with it, why don't you walk us through the app? I know okay. I have the app, though, but why don't you walk us through the app? Okay. So in the app, um, the biggest feature is as soon as the child opens it, I don't know, I'm going to pull this up. So I don't know if you guys can see the icon of the bullying buddy, but it's the it's right here. I'm going to open it up, though. So you see, as soon as you open it, can you see, I think there's a glare. There it is, right yeah, there. there. EB, you got it right there. Can you see it now? more forward forward yeah hold it <laughs> hold it closer or like there it is. let's see if oh. okay <laughs> oh. oh my background <laughs> okay oh, so yeah. see, 
That's the EBB button. So that is the emergency bullying button. And you see, I said the word emergency and that is how fast it records, okay? Yeah, wow, yeah. So I have a funny story. We, we were I'm presenting to the mayor in, in California of Banning and we were eating and she was eating. And I said, as soon as you say emergency and it, it caught her food, so she started laughing. But what it did was show her how quickly you can catch something. So once it opens up and you say emergency or EBB instantly, it's voice activated because we know sometimes when we're being bullied, we can't use our hands, right? So, but you can press it as well, it's manual. Now it records and instantly, like what Devin just recorded would come to me if I'm his parent, or the admin, if it's set up in the schools, which is our goal. Um, and so instantly they get an alert and they get to see in zero time what's happening to the child. Also, they get to know exactly where the child is because it tracks for 10 minutes. A lot of the times the violations take place by the locker. This is like a hot spot according to principals and kids. And, um, and then it's quick and then there's a crowd so you really can't see on the school cameras what's going on, right? And so it's kind of like the kids huddle around and they miss a lot of different things. Well, this, once again, the principal will already see it. The bus driver will already see it. We've had a, a young lady who was violated on the back of the bus, autistic, could not speak nonverbal, and she was violated physically. And I mean, violated, violated. The bus driver said that he did not, she was raped on the back of the bus. Okay. And um, she, she, the bus driver claimed that he did not know because he couldn't see. He just saw kids crowding around. So had she had that, she doesn't have to speak, right? She could just press the button and he would have had an alert right there in his pocket or where he keeps it. So right in, in zero time, in real time, it is recorded. And that does definitely calm down the he said, she said stuff that Dr. Sandeep was talking about because that's what kids just do. They just do it. I don't care what age. Um, and then next we have the cool component as well. You know, the tracking, knowing where your child is when they're bullied. So I'm a parent, I'm at work. Corey's getting bullied by the locker. Okay, the, the administrator gets it right away, but so do I. So guess what I can do? I can text him and say, hey, I'm here for you. I'm on my way. Or I can, because there's a chat, or I can call the school and say, hey, I just got an alert. Let's, let's get on it and be proactive in that way if I can't leave work. Because most of the time we're finding this stuff out later on and it's just too late. So this kind of gets it. Another thing the app does is it explains, which was very important what you said, Devin, earlier about knowing that you're even knowing that you're being bullied. It's a lot of kiddos get, um, they experience relational bullying and they don't understand exactly what that means. They didn't even know it's it's a term or social bullying. And that's the, the biggest thing to have your friends taken away from you by a rumor or some other child doing something to you, right? So we have the seven types of bullying that are explained in detail. So they can just open right up. And like Devin just put up, cause I have a, such a glare over here. <laughs> There's seven different types that break down the bullying I mean, to a nose and in literature that they can understand and read. And then it's also in Spanish and English and we're working on six other languages. Um, the next thing it does is chat. So the 
bully can chat. Listen, we're not bully bashers, okay? We wanna help him. I, I, I like to remind people when they say, oh, I hate bullies. And I say, okay, well, do you hate a nine-year-old? Do you hate a seven-year-old? Because that's what you're hating, they're kids. So please stop it. Let's help them. Let's not hate them. So within this app, there's a chat area. The children obviously cannot conversate with one another because we knew that would be a life mirror. Um, but the bully can reach out for help in there to an admin or a teacher, or his parent can be in uh, the conversation as well, as well as the receiver and the watcher. There is a place in what Dr. Sandeep was talking about where children are recording it to say, hey, look what I'm doing, not to be you know, heroes or commanders of communication. So inside of the app, there's a, a place for the watcher because through my research, I feel he's really the most important person in this act, not the, the person getting it and not the bully. He can stop it, like he really can, he can stop it. but he's fearful. But I, then I, I talk to watchers and I say, but the bully doesn't target you. So do you understand that he's really afraid of you? So if you team up with the person that you're filming, there is no bully. So inside of the app, there's the watcher and he has his own little space in there where he can communicate, he can record. This is anonymous and non, because I'm tired of anonymous. I'm just being real. How are we collecting data sets so that the CDC has the correct numbers, which they really don't, way more cases than what they say, not, not 2,500 a year, it's probably 20,000 a year. Um, and so this collects data on the back end where we get monthly reports that we can give over to that. Also inside the app, there's a bereavement. Devin, if you can show that, I think that's so important for other kids to know there's a bereavement section in the app where people can upload their personal story about their child or a friend or anything. And it can tell the story, you can upload the picture. I wanna remember the children who are no longer with us. And I want other children to, I wanna scare them a little bit and let them know, hey, this could be you if you bully someone and, and the person, the watcher, you could stop this from happening. So I think visual is super important for kiddos to really see things. They're tired of hearing us talk and you shouldn't do this and you should, let's see it. Well, children die at seven today. There's been 18 in Las Vegas and 65 in Houston in this age group through this pandemic. I'm just blown away by that. Another thing in the app we have is the big thing and that's what we're talking about today is the cyberbullying component. So the cyberbullying component in the app, Devin, I, I think you can open that up because you have your, your okay. So it's, it's Facebook, it's, it's Twitter, it's um, Instagram and it's Snapchat. And so what happens inside of the app um, is that if the child is being bullied online, which that's what we're talking about today or rumors spread through the media, what have you, this is the breakdown of what I've heard from, you know, someone that lost a child in California is that they were tormenting her online and she, the mom reached out to Facebook. It was not taken down quick enough. Okay. So by a week later, the little girl is just beside herself and she was done and she left, she left us. So the bottom line is in this moment in time, everything, if you notice in this app, it's, I, I say zero time with my team is zero time because we don't have time to lose any more babies at all. So what this does is you can go directly to your Facebook, Snap, yes. Uh -huh. You can go to Facebook, Snapchat, 
and your Instagram and the kids call it IG. <laughs> so you can go, I know they, they correct me a lot. So I have to say their little, their little things that they call things. But anyway, um, you can go there and you can go to the back end so that when you report it, it's done quickly and you don't have to go through asking someone else's mom to have their child take it down. And then the moms go back and forth. I've been in conversations on, on Messenger that would blow your mind because moms gravitate. They know what I do. I'm the bullying lady. So they just reach out, look at this, and they send me screenshots. This will stop that. You go directly to the horse and they can take down someone's account because they have to legally if they're violating someone. And then within the app, Dr. Sundeep, I would love to put you in my app. We have a space with therapists and clinicians and life coaches that specialize in this, not just you know general. We we want to really hone in on suicidal, you know, depression, different things like that because. Not everyone specializes in everything. And it's a serious thing to be suicidal. And a lot of people are not qualified. I'm just saying they, they think they are, but they're just not to deal with this. One wrong thing or piece of advice, that could be someone's life. So we have certified clinicians in there and a child or their parent cultural in there, um, different cultural, cultural psychological groups psychology boards, everything is in there. So it's called the um, information station and it takes you directly to the website where you can find a clinician. The uh, suicide prevention runs through the app, excuse me, runs through my website and it's through the app. So if someone's contemplating those thoughts right there, they can go right there and they can get the support that they need in zero time. And then, you know, lastly, and not lastly, I mean, the app does so much, but when you go to um, the, the, my online on the, the uh, website, there's two places on my website, but you can also uh, have us come out and train your school, train the hospitals, anywhere where there's children, you know, having these thoughts. I lead that department. I also advise schools on bullying and consult on bullying and the things, how to prevent it, recognize it, and how to support not just the child being bullied, but the bully. I'm going to keep saying that because if we remove him, we don't have the, the, the pandemic within a pandemic situation that we're experiencing. So, and it's easy. Devin, you see how all of those things were so organized. You just click on it. I'm an organization bug. I made it easy because I'm thinking, oh, if I'm a child, how would I do this? Or how would I navigate? When you're getting, I've gotten all of these things in our beta um period where oh what if i'm what if my child's being beat up and they can't that's why we have the watcher and and they say well what if the children don't don't know how to or what this is why we come to whomever is going to have this in their institution or their home but we train because we want to empower it's not just about having the tool having the curriculum it's the implementation of it but it's really the understanding of it right kids are not going to use something like oh no that's too much to do so made it quick and simple so this is it's a it's a quick overview but i hope you guys got a window into to how you know and what it does Sarah, you know I love the app. You know I love the app because this is so, this is so perfect. You know, like whenever I think of like, I remember when I first started um, Race to Speak Up and I would always see so many different bullying situations because I did research and just I'm on social media and I would see all these different um, bullying situations. 
I'm a little weird, but um, I would always see these different bullying situations, and and I'm like, I feel like the bullying, but or if they had the bullying buddy app, that would be perfect, you know, mm-hmm. that would be something that's so beneficial that allows for them to really, really. Understand. Sorry, sorry, Devin, we can't hear you. I know. I was trying to listen. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? We can we can hear you. It's just your it's the low. the voice dip dropped. So I don't know if it was related to the call or if you want to up the mic volume. Um, I don't. There you go. Can you hear me now? Okay, I'm just gonna talk to the <laughs> microphone. Back, Devin. <laughs> I'm gonna talk close to the microphone. You guys can hear me. Okay, yeah. good. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I was just basically saying that like when I first started my race to speak up organization and I would always see different bullying situations like, you know, physical bullying and something was happening in the school, especially at the lockers or even in the bathrooms. And I'm like, if a a child, you know, had that app and they could easily just tap on it, say emergency or say whatever, you know, that would be perfect. That would be, um, you know, their way of really really reporting this, you know, it's, it happens in an instant. Like you're saying, it happens in an instant and it can happen anywhere. So we need that. We need to hurry up and we need to report these bullying situations. So that's why I really love the app. That's why I'm like, we really need these in schools, especially if, you know, the schools don't have the app of their own where you can report something. That's perfect. So, but yeah, um, Sunday, do you have anything to add on? The only thing, I mean, again, the app is, sounds awesome. I love how uh, informative it was and Devin, great job, Vanna Whiting it for us and, <laughs> and, and presenting it. But uh, the one thing, uh, you know, that I've, I've seen come across on the inpatient side is, uh, and, and the only concern, I don't know if it's, I wanted to get some feedback from you is that emergency part. Because uh, if, let's say this app becomes more known and kids or bullies know of the app and then you say that word, my only concern would be that just saying emergency would then lead to more bullying in that moment. Be like, oh, you, you know, you're going to go ahead and say it. Meaning, it, what, is there an option or maybe you're thinking about in the future to be able to still get that emergency uh, kind of narrative, but maybe switching up the word so the person using the app has their own kind of safe word. And so only they could trigger it, you know, so that way the bully doesn't know that they're being recorded, allows the bully to be the bully. And then you get that true uh the trueness of them being the bully in, in its all in all its form because i could see emergency maybe hindering them from doing what they're about to do which is great but yeah. i'm seeing if it's if they're only going to go somewhere else to do it at someone else then it wouldn't really deter the way we we're hoping to so that would be the only thing that feedback i would want to give and but otherwise it sounds like more than i mean the fact that you have all the resources there is is great because after it happens so many parents schools teachers don't know what to do so yeah. if it's all in one one area, that's awesome. Yes. No, I, I really respect that. And it was a thought initially. And and you can do two um, things to set the, well, first of all, you can do it manually. So you don't have to say emergency, but you also can say EBB. So that is, you okay. know, the little code. So that if you don't want to expose, hey, emergency. But yes, I what I thought about was that my whole thing with a bully or anyone who violates is to deter because it's such a massive topic. It's such a massive issue. It's, it's been around like my dad's 81 and he's like, what happened to just going to punch the bully in the nose? And then we're all friends afterwards. I said, dad, please, if you do that today, you come and the whole classroom is shot up. It's just not that time anymore. It's not, let's all be friends with a little 
poke in the nose. That's just, that's not the era that we're in. So, um, you know, like I said, it, it my, my whole theme is just to redirect and to rebuild, to, you know, to negate from negative patterns, replace them with positive, but it's to deter, deter. So that's one thing that's very, I'm serious, it, it has come up and it is a very good point. Um, but that is how we, we address that one with, hold on a second, I'm sorry. We, we address that with just the, the trainings because I also had the, the, the counterpart to that is, okay, you know kids, so what if they just do it anyway and they're not being bullied? Because we, I said, okay, so we can't stop everything <laughs> because that is a true, the, a parent asked that like, okay, I know my son likes the horse around so much. Like, what if he just does this and I'm just keep getting alerts? So obviously the whole goal, the entire goal is to train, 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 retrain, redirect once again, and then just, you know, instill new patterns. But definitely that is something to, you know, to think about. And it's great how you mentioned uh, being able to educate whoever a parent or someone else on, you know, this is an eight-year-old, a nine-year-old, a 10-year-old, and they just don't know any better. Sure, it's intense, but it allows you to then correct it and see, you know, you want to basically gauge that this is the best that they can do. They think it's right. They think it's cool, whatever it might be, but it doesn't need more hate or another bully to turn, you know, to someone to turn into a bully to bully yeah. someone else or anything like that but it's, it's great the way you're describing educating and really being neutral and in such an optimistic uh with uh, perspective thank you appreciate it yeah i agree and now i want to um actually turn a little bit of the attention to the audience so for everyone who is um watching i want to ask you guys what comes to mind when you hear the word bully um so feel free to put it in the chat I could be, you know, a phrase or a sentence or a question or just one other word, but let me know because I want to see what you guys are thinking. Um, but now let's start with Corey. So Corey, what do you think of when you hear the word bully? Um, probably think of my flashbacks, honestly. I think of like the experience I go through. If you like told me the word bully, I would think of flashbacks. I wouldn't really think of a thing. Interesting. Can you like, well, can you expand on what you did say though? Oh, like, can you talk a bit more about what you did say? Oh, about my flashbacks? Yeah, like you're, you're talking about flashbacks of what you went through bullying, right? Oh, yeah, yes, yes. About my flashbacks of like, my traumatic experiences of like people stepping on the back of my shoes and me tripping people like judging me on my height people putting things to where I couldn't reach um just those bad experiences I've had with bullying I'm really sorry to hear that because that just truly like taints or like hurts you know the child like or what we've been saying but it really does harm you and you know, something else that I see um, with like a lot of, especially middle school age, and Corey, feel free to like say anything else when I say this, but especially in middle school age is when people start to really see differences and they really start to understand that we really don't all look the same. And that kind of, when you're outside of what's normal, that's when bullying starts to happen. So, you know, like being whatever that you are, you could be based off of like disorder or illness or 
or um, race or height, you know, whatever it is, that's when bullying starts to happen, unfortunately. And it's so wrong. It's so wrong. That's why we need things in place like the hashtag behind the screen curriculum or the bullying buddy app, which is super quick too, or the be brave curriculum. You know, we need speakers like us who are able to talk about this and how we can work towards a positive solution. We're getting a lot of comments in the chat actually. So I kind of want to talk about it. Um, so um, when you hear the word bully, someone said someone who they think of so the okay, someone who puts someone down in order to feel better about themselves, insecure and projecting. That's very true. I kind of, let's move on because I see some more. When I hear bully, I think of older kids. When I was in elementary, it was always the older kids who would bully others. Hmm, that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, Tara, do you want to add, do you want to say anything about that? About how they think of the older children? No, just like, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, well, just when, when I think that. about a bully, I think of pain. The word pain jumps out when the word bully comes in, right? So even though Corey is is addressing that he also experienced pain, but I, ex I the word pain because I know that the bully is in pain and he gains his control by harming others, thinking it's going to gratify him when it really makes him do it even more or feel really bad about himself. So I just think about pain, pain for the watcher to watch it, pain for the bully and pain for the receiver. Dr. Sandeep, I wanna hear what you think of when you hear the word bully. I think to, I think more initially similar to probably what Corey experienced where uh, whatever I've experienced in my past, you know, he, he went through what he was describing my, and I've mentioned it kind of before, Mine was, I got my first real taste of it uh, right after 9-11 happened, like basically overnight and similar types of things. All of a sudden coming to school, people that where I was associated with spitting at my feet or calling me a terrorist or all this other nonsense, uh, like just nonsense stuff. And uh, I have just like a flash of just maybe a bunch of different images that pop up. Uh, and to Tara's point, you know, that along with what was it that they were going for, you know, were they showing off, were they trying to get attention, were they trying to fill a void or whatever else, or they try to think they're cool. It could be a combination of so many different things. And sometimes they don't know any better. Oh, so often I'll be working with an adult and they'll be like, you know, I feel guilty for what I used to do because they realized that they were bullying and didn't know any better and, you know, blaming their parents or whoever else for teaching them or not stopping it. Uh, I've worked with clients in the prison system. They'll say very similar things where I just wish somebody would have intervened. I wish there was support. It wasn't the way to go, but their social circle, whoever else uh, made it seem like that was the only way to deal with it. And for guys, especially sometimes we'll hit 24, 25 and all of a sudden we're cool with our emotions. We're sensitive. We'll say, sorry, we'll want to talk about it. And before that, we feel like stoic being stoic or aggressive is the way the you know, name of the game. And to the question earlier, where you feel like it's someone older, that sometimes happens, especially as when we're younger, we think of those that are older as being a bit more powerful or strong. And when you're in the older seat, it's easy to intimidate. And sometimes with older kids, I've, I've seen in the high school status with, you know, let's say freshman and a senior or something like that dynamic, uh, they might try to intimidate, but not know that they're bullying. Right. But their their intention wasn't to hurt, but their one level of intimidation led to such an impact to that freshman or sophomore. So it's not that every single one wants to be a bully and has that intent, but one thing can lead to that type of cascade of events. And to Tara, your point, you know, you 
mentioned your your father or you know others that were experiencing it once upon a time where a punch would would do the trick. I feel like that was you know even the case with when I was growing up. But now with cyberbullying, everyone's got a phone. You can keep getting bullied when you walk off to school. Yes. Uh, you know it, it's not just there. Once upon a time, it was easy to you know once you leave, you're cool, no added stress. Now you have to worry that I'd make anything, that I do anything wrong. Did somebody take a compromising photo or going to Photoshop me, et cetera, because I've heard it all, you know, and uh, uh, I think there was another comment on what kind of factors are, what is a bully or who is a bully. And you just really want to know that it can literally be anyone, uh, you know, it's asexual. There's no stereotype. We think of a stereotype, but there isn't one. Every socioeconomic class, uh, the only thing that's common is that home environment tends to be somewhat chaotic where I was saying earlier, if someone's there to help you learn good from bad, uh, but the, the, you know, someone that's getting bullied might not be getting that love or support at home. So they feel the need to project onto someone that they feel is weaker. Uh, so, you know, they might overtly do it or covertly do it, which is what we're talking about on the cyber side. And there is, is that to the empathy point, that lack of positive social behavior, like, hey, be nice. And with cyberbullying or just social media, it's easy to type away whatever you want because you know you don't have to deal with anyone in person, uh, which, again, makes you feel like a lot stronger because, again, you're behind the screen when you do so. And uh, lastly, you, know, you get easy access to any victim. You just need to know their handle, your IG handle, your social, whatever. And I can say whatever. And then if you block me, I create a new handle. You block me again, another handle. The good thing now is, though, IG and Facebook have made a... Uh, you know, more, more, they put more effort into being able to take this away because at circa, let's say seven, eight years ago, before the mental health movement really started to push on the social media side, I would hear of the most horrendous things on Facebook pages or Instagram pages where like, all right, what do you think of this kid? And whoever got the most likes was the, the biggest, the most teased. And then they would try to get another compromising photo of said kid and then see how many comments they would get. And the, the person posting it would stay anonymous, but the kid that was experiencing it would then become you know, depressed, suicidal, and they had nothing to do with anything. They were just going about their day. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's so many different components of it uh, when you think, when I think of a bully, uh, but I think it, it just goes all over the place from the youth that I help with to my personal experiences. But I think that helps me then navigate and empathize with someone experiencing it because also often I'll see a kid that, says well i can tell you but you don't know what i've gone through i'm like yo don't let the tie fool you try me you know if you got color on your skin if you got no you know or no color on your skin people are going to say shit that's just the way it is yeah. and uh learning how to you know deal with it having a curriculum i think will hopefully get us to a point where when when you think of bully you don't have that one person that comes to mind because you didn't have to experience it which uh, which would be awesome yes you know, Dr. Sandeep, you you really did, well, you covered a lot of different things that I kind of want to, a few things that I want to talk about is something that you did say earlier about power, because that's what I was going to say is what comes to mind with uh, when I think of bullying or bully, you know, that's why we call it behind the screen. The person behind the screen really feels that power. They really feel they have enough power and, you know, being behind the screen that they can inflict pain on another person and spread rumors or create disgusting images that's one of the main things that I think of, but there are, there, like you said, there are different, uh, a bunch of different aspects that come to mind. Like when I hear bullying, I just go straight back into that moment where those boys created those racist images, putting my face onto a gorilla suit and putting my face with a gun to my head 
and then sending me a meme literally saying black people aren't functioning members of society you know going through that really destroy can destroy a person it'll either it really just goes down a dark road and you know you need people to be there for you. You need those upstanders. You need support. You need you need people to just talk to you and learn from or like what is going on in their lives too and see who you can relate to, who you can have this open conversation with. And I kind of want to talk about uh, more of these um, comments too. Someone said, I think of someone being um, mean to someone else because of their differences and causing physical, emotional, or social harm as an effect. Very true. Someone who feels better when insulting people because of their own insecurities. That's actually very true. Another aspect is definitely mm -hmm. jealousy. When it comes to bullying, there's definitely a jealousy aspect. Yeah. You know, like say this, there's this, um, you, and like also, like you said, it comes from the home environment, that mentality. So I noticed with my bullies, I'm just going to talk on me, like personally, I know they were hitting on me because of my skin color. But they decided, I think they decided to choose me and like really try to destroy, you know, any good mental health that I had and really hurt me. I think they saw me as like an opponent because not only am I black, but I'm a smart black person. You know, I'm intelligent. I'm educated. My parents educate me. I've learned a lot of things over the years and now going on to now too, you know, but they saw me as a smart black person. They saw me as someone getting a bunch of great grades and talking, you know, with like elegantly, like I have, you know, I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm talking about and I know how to get the point across. So I realized that also may be, that also may be a jealousy aspect, which is something I don't necessarily know if a lot of people think about when they talk, or at least maybe a lot of people my age think about when they're talking about bullying, but that's just something that I've noticed. Um, and then also another chat uh, I see is when I think of the word bully, I think of someone who's also been bullied in the past, hurt people, hurt people, mm -hmm. someone who has been through stuff in the past, which makes them bully others. Yeah. One thing that I did say, I know I just said it just now, hurt people, hurt people. Um, of course, mm -hmm. you guys can add on to this. But when you're going through that, you want to, because you've gone through that, you want to inflict that pain onto others to try to like ease that pain onto you. But it's just hurting more people. um i think i cut out lost you for, yeah we lost you for a second i was just saying hurt people hurt people well what have you like to um continue sarah do you have any or Corey? Corey, do you have anything else that you'd like to add on um i'd like to just say that for the viewers watching you should definitely download the app if you have kids <laughs> Or if you are one, <laughs> you should definitely download the app. Um, yeah, very true. Tara, do you have anything <laughs> else that you'd like to add on? I, I did. I wanted to say something that I think everyone really should um, pay attention to deeply. And that's just exposing children to diversity very early. So in my preschool, this is just a prime example, and this is in the curriculum as well. When we had a new student, I never labeled the student, obviously, right? I never even labeled boy or girl. So when the, ch when the child would come in the school, we would do this welcome dance and you know all of this exciting stuff. And we would just say, oh, the kids would say, oh, cool, is somebody new here? So we, we really started to 
seriously erase the labels because that is why people get jealous. You're the rich girl, you're the smart boy, your parents, are, it's the labels, right? So society started these labels and we need to finish it. But once again, we just need to erase them and replace them with something better, like nothing. We're just people. You got bullied because of your race. Well, both of you guys, because of your race. But if the person who bullied you was used to a person who has tan skin or dark skin or what have you, it wouldn't even be an issue. This is the, the real issue of why these children start early with that. And that's because they're afraid of it. Even in, in our curriculum, we have dolls that we bring in, you know, in a wheelchair. We, we have to talk about the things that people don't want to talk about instead of pushing it under the rug, because this is what we're going to get. It's going to be a, a crock pot you know, exposure effect versus something that's just received. So I think it's just really important, even parents, if you listen and teachers, incorporate diversity in your classroom, not just doing, we used to do cultural meals and a cultural um, uh, comforter to where people bought in pieces of their culture. But I really, I'm talking about literally the verbiage that you use with the kiddos. He's not this, he's not that. He's just he's just a kid just like you. He's your peer. I mean, there's other words that we can think of. Everyone's awesome. Positive affirmations inside of the classroom, journaling inside of the classroom, deep breathing inside of the classroom. Like these should be classes, honestly, to deal with it. But the labels are the issue. And this is where we're going to see breakthrough in society as a whole is when we drop them. So I just wanted to add that to, to the plate as well. Yeah, I, you, Tara, you know, I'm all about positive affirmations. I know you are, but like, just for anyone who's watching, I'm also really into like positive affirmations. And so, cause I know how that really will go a long way. Seeing mm -hmm. that in classroom, seeing like you are kind or seeing be confident, or, you know, like something simple like that, that really helps you a person who may be going uh, or who may be having a bad day, that really helps them. And you know, you're already at school, there's a lot of hardships just mm -hmm. with work or like excluding the possible bullying aspect, just with work and doing all these different things. You know, you really need, you really need that positive light. You really need something that could also potentially like kind of get your minds off of things, but it's still in a positive way. And so mm -hmm. by seeing that positivity, we're seeing, you know, certain things like having different activities in a curriculum where it's conversation starters or, you know, learning from like getting things started up so that you can learn from other chapter members, like in the behind the screen curriculum or having, you know, dolls and like all these different things in yeah. the Be Brave curriculum, you know, that's really something we need. That's really something we should want, honestly. But like, that's something we need with the Bullying Buddy app. That's what we need to help others, to help ourselves really, to let others know what's going on. Right, it's fear. It's a, it's a big fear. It, it's all fear. I mean, the, the person being bullied is fearful of the bully. The watcher is fearful of the bully. The bully's fearful. Literally, he's a scared kid. Once again, he gains his power, he thinks, by harming others. But deep down inside, he doesn't want to do it. I mean, we do have, you know, Dr. Sundeep, you can even expand on that. We do have children who are just socially disconnected from feeling because of intense trauma, but the average bully really doesn't want to do that. Even if he's being tough, that's his exterior because there's something going on. And I also wanted to mention for siblings, big brothers and sisters, your examples, they're looking up to you even more than the parents. They're modeling the big 
brother and the big sister. So yeah, you can horse around with your brother and, you know, wrestle and do things. But when you constantly tease and taunt seriously and, and violate physically, we're no longer in sibling rivalry. You, you are really being a bully. And what you're doing is shaping someone who really looks up to you and, and they're going, oh, he's doing it to me at home. He's, he's cool because of this. This is my big brother. This is my big sister. So I'm going to do it back. So guys, be mindful. Be mindful of the example that you're setting in front of the kids. Yeah. And that, that just also sounds like an example of hurt people, hurt people too, in a way, you know, mm-hmm. you're inflicting that pain that you're also learning from the sibling onto others. Um, now I want to open it up to Q&A because I know that we do have a few questions. Um, so, okay. Um, were the kids who bullied Corey punished? Excuse me? Were the kids who bullied you um, punished? Um... It was mostly in elementary and lower, like lower grade middle school. So I don't really know. I would like to answer that because he really didn't. The protocol, unfortunately, in the school, and this is something that, you know, we want to change as well with our policies and procedures, um, is that the parents were the only ones really talked to. So the principal talked to the kid without Corey and then talked to Corey and then called me. And I'm saying, can we just call the other parent and the children in? Because I think it would be awesome to bring us in a group if everyone feels safe in that environment. And he said, I would love that. But there's so many different laws that you can't, some parents, you know, they can retaliate outside of the school on each other and different things like that. But I think it's really sad because I really feel that if, if the child was involved in the healing, they would heal. Okay, if the child was involved in the resolution, they would know how to resolve things, you know, when when a parent is not around. We learn skills by our environment. It should be experiential always so that we learn and grow from it. So in answer to your question, not really. They were just spoken to, you know, he played. Now they did record it, but once again, it was against the lockers and I could not really see. That's the point of the app that's where I got the idea from with that part, just going through it myself. I saw the kids, he saw the kids, but he's like, I really can't see who's doing what though. So who am I really reprimanding? So they were just told that they had, you know, if it happened again and they had three little strikes and by the third one, you know, they would be suspended from school. Once again, you just, honestly, you're just band-aiding the issue. Suspending them is band-aiding. What are they doing when they're home? They should be writing a report. They should be visiting hospitals where children are inflicted with things. I mean, learning how to care about what they even did. Just, you're giving them a vacation when you send them home and then they come back and do the same thing. So if I hope that answered that person's question. Yes and no. No, I get what you're saying. Because you really do need to, un, like, learn about it. I mean, when, like, kind of just the also thinking about my bullying situation. So, like, when I can get the whole, like, you know, certain things not really being done with those boys, they were put into, a, in, uh, like, one day or whatever in-school suspension. That also might also kind of be, like, a vacation because they're not really doing that. I didn't see it. I didn't see them doing nothing. They weren't learning what was going on. You know, they weren't learning that they hurt Devin. They hurt a black person based on your race, you know. They hurt so they hurt someone. They mm-hmm. hurt someone, you know. Let's just let's just take that. They hurt someone. Mm-hmm. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. 
So, you know, and it was hard to get meetings on top of that. That's a whole nother conversation. So it was just, it's really, it's, it's such a big problem. And I know that there's also another question in the chat. Um, can, oh, can Dr. Sandeep speak to the psychology behind the bully? Um, what creates a bully? I know we've been talking a lot about it, but um, would you like to add on, Dr. Sandeep? Uh, sure. So we describe it as like just being multifactorial, right? So chaotic house, do your parents think it's right or wrong? Like Tara was saying, just what's your acceptance on things that you're unfamiliar with? And, you know, there's, I don't know how many YouTube videos of little kids on any race connecting, hanging out. They don't know hate, right? But as we get older, anything that's unfamiliar, if you, if you're not used to it, if it, whether it's a turban, whether it's skin color, whether it's a look, whether it's the smell of food, uh, it's almost the, the go-to thing to be, get repulsed or make fun of it because you don't know what else to say, or, Hey, you know, why not substitute? Hey, be curious about it or accept it. You know, so the more familiar we become with things that are otherwise unfamiliar, the easier it is to say, okay, well, no big deal and not add any attention to it. But, uh, you know, the, the background, you know, they, sometimes they'll say there's a genetic component. It's not so much genetic as it is just personalities of what your, what your parents or the, your caregivers are modeling. Right. So if, if, again, if you're unfamiliar, your go-to person is going to be like, ask questions to your parents. And then if they tell you something that's skewed, then that's going to flavor what you think and then make you uh, react in a certain way. Right. And you'll, you'll model their, their statements to another kid or another youth. Uh, the only difference is when we're 12, 13 or younger, we can't really think outside the box. We can't think of the repercussions of our statements. We can't think abstractly. So we'll, we'll, we won't even know that we're hurting the feelings of somebody else. And by the time we do, it could be too late. And to Tara's point, and even with these consequences, the, a lot of schools and others will, will think of this as something criminal. Okay, you're getting punished, but that's counterproductive. Because if you punish a bully, what's going to end up happening? They're going to most likely do it again or double down on trying to get you in a different way. And going to my earlier point, you can, you, as long as I have access, I can find you one way or another kind of thing. So uh, it shouldn't be punishment. It should be just some type of positive reinforcement with them and holding them accountable. Uh, and, you know, the, I think some of the best laws in the country are in northern Wisconsin and northern New York, where the, the, if you don't deal with a bully in the home setting, then the parents are accountable. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, bullying goes away. In New York, you get fined. In Wisconsin, there's a, a zero tolerance if you get uh, if you if your son or daughter is the bully, then the parents have to come to school and then they almost have their own parent teacher conference for the parent. And then they have to sign a paper that if this fails or if they don't start implementing right and wrong in the home and have them really talk about what they've been doing, then they're going to get uh, they'll get either jail time or a fee that they have to pay that will just continue to increase from 333 to 666 and then and more and more and more. So that then can deter because you know that in your safe zone, being your home, you're going to have consequences. And sometimes at the end of the day, it's our parents that will put us in our place uh, the most in, in a healthy way with, again, understanding right and wrong. Uh, but again, it's multifactorial. And I, once upon a time, there was a cliche, there was a stereotype because it was what's going on at school and in the physical presence. But now, because it's behind the screen, anytime, anywhere, it could be for any reason. I, I make a comment just so my friends will see and then like it or like how many, and then engage how many likes I get. And that'll fuel me to do it again and then do it again. 
and you know you see what kind of comments people make on twitter or anything social media one out of 10 is positive one out of 10 is optimistic one out of 10 is encouraging it's just easier to just talk ill of a situation or point out the negatives instead of saying hey you know what because i'm familiar with what you're going through you know go be you go go you know you embrace it make the most out of anything whether it's a scar whether it's the way you look whether it's your skin color whether it's whatever be be uh you know i advocate to making that something cool about you and you know i got to the point where uh we do now use like paradoxical training where if someone's trying to bully you uh you you draw attention in a neutral way you thank them for that attention and almost surprise them with the comments that you're making to the point where they'll they might get embarrassed at bullying you again or not even know what to do because if you thank a bully what, what are they going to say no right. thanks for giving me all this attention hey guys look how much attention this guy's giving me i'll check in you know are you gonna bully me here this time tomorrow all right i'll meet you right here walk away see what happens again easier said than done but that's part of what we try to practice uh even in the hospital setting uh, you know, so there's to answer uh, the question, too many variables that play a role, but the fundamentals are usually the same that I don't know my right and wrong, and I don't have anybody to check my right and wrong or to hold me accountable for my right and wrong. So uh, as long as we can pay attention to that, whether it's curriculum, whether it's a bullying app, I think the more consistent that occurs and the more comfortable we are with uh, being familiar with just everyone's differences and accepting them then that'll just make everything easier because you'll be cool with realizing that everyone's just people and that there is, you know, differences are, should be unique, not a flaw. And we have one more question in the chat. I think um, we can ask this to Corey. So Corey, um, I know we actually did speak on this earlier too, but Corey, do you, Corey, do you think that um, when it comes to bullying, do you think that like that mentality or um, I hope I'm saying that in like correct words, but like, do you think when it comes to bullying that how they act, how the bully acts, do you think that's coming from the home environment? Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. I believe in that heavily, actually. I believe that most bullies, it's because of something that's happening at home or it's because like what you guys and my mom said, it's because they were bullied before. So you're you're not born a bully you're raised one amen yeah very true very yeah. good job boo. well um thank you guys for joining me today this is a really good conversation you. and, hey oh yeah <laughs> what were you saying Corey? i was saying you're welcome <laughs> All right. Awesome. And thank you to everyone who's listening. Remember mm -hmm. that these um, webinars are monthly. So make sure to um, share um, with anyone else. We talk about the behind the screen curriculum and we have amazing guests like Tara and Corey. We have mm -hmm. our psychiatrist, Dr. Sandeep, to all talk about anti-bullying and talk about the positive change that we can work towards when it comes to bullying prevention and really ending bullying. So um, I put in the chat um, the ways that we can, that you guys can contact us. Uh, Tara, would you like to say your social media? Yes, um, we have Bullying Buddy on Instagram and we have Bullying Buddy on LinkedIn. We have Bullying Buddy on Facebook. And then I have my personal is TL Towns 8 on IG. And then it's Tara Lynn Towns on Facebook. And then I'm Tara Towns on, on uh, LinkedIn as well. Cool. Um, and oh, wait, Corey, do you want to share your social media? Uh, 
I don't have any. I have like personal. I I just have Instagram. If you okay, want well, that, share it. It's um forty two dot k a a p o. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, Dr. Cindy, do you want to share your social media? Uh, sure. Twitter at uh, Sandeep Randhawa, MD. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, uh, and then also, you guys can find me on social media Instagram, Facebook, Snap, uh, Twitter um, at Race to Speak Up. Uh, I also link that in the chat. I linked all our stuff in the chat. Um, you can find, uh, go to my website, www.racetospeakup.com. And also you can um, follow the behind the screen. It's just at behind the screen um, Facebook group. So definitely check that out. And guys, if you really would like to start a hashtag behind the screen chapter, you can receive service hours for doing so and completing the different activities. Like, you know, um, having these conversation starters, learning about the statistics, learning about how we can be a part of that positive change, positive affirmations. You can get service hours for the completing the activities. I linked in the chat um, the way you can do that. It's just through interviews. So make sure to sign up for interview if you have it and start um, completing activities, receiving service hours and report back to me. Um, you can also report back to the email ambassadors at humanityrising.org. Uh, so yeah. Thank you guys for joining and have a beautiful day. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Likewise. Have a great one, everyone. Awesome time. Bye. Thank you.